Welcome to this edition of The Shaleen Show. Happy Friday. Hotel Couch Edition. Hotel Couch Edition. Say that five times fast. Hotel Couch Edition. Hotel Couch Edition. Hotel Couch Edition. (laughs) Yeah, we're on the couch. We are celebrating our 27th wedding anniversary. We would like to spend a little bit of that time here with you. So thanks for being here. So we met... In 19, wait a second, 89? Oh. Is that, no, wait, no. you graduated from high school in 89. 1990, S- September of 1990. Huh, wow, that's a super long time. So that would be, we've known each other for 32 years, is that right? Mm-hmm. Holy guacamole. Three decades. That's insanity. The 90s, the, the, no, four decades. Wait. We had na- the 90s, the 2000s, we're in the fourth decade. What? Yeah, because we hit the 90s. Yeah, that's crazy, but 32 years. Yeah. Married 27. Mm-hmm. So we're going to share, like, I don't know, we haven't planned this, but I said let's talk about not just how we have stayed together for 32 years but and married for 27, but how we have been able to thrive and make our relationship better. We actually told the story, if you're not a Patreon member, so I don't know if you guys know this, but we have a Patreon. The Patreon is... If you like Friday's edition, you'll like the Patreon. It's just us chatting. There's no personal growth stuff. There's no like, oh, wow, I really learned something for social media or like, you know. It's more of a off-the-cuff opinion, especially by me. Well, for sure, you. It's it's conversations and... Stories. Yeah. That we can't tell on this. Yeah, some of the things I just don't think it's everyone's interested or maybe it's like a little too controversial or a little too personal. So we put on the Patreon. So there's two levels. There's a Patreon with Brett. It's called the vault and it has to be the vault because I don't even want you to join the vault unless you are not easily offended. You have a freaking sense of humor. You're not a Karen. No Karen's allowed. You have to be someone who like doesn't take life so seriously. Isn't looking for something to be offended by because let me tell you. Karen or a Craig. Or Craig, is that what they call they, it? They call it, yeah. I really don't like that because, you I know, know it is, it is what there's it is. a Karen listening right now, and Karen, I love you, and I feel bad because, like, it, it sucks. Like, because my maiden name is Melvin, and I always hated that a wedgie was known as a Melvin. Mm-hmm. So I have to imagine that Karens hate that Karens are known as Karens. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of great Karens. My point is, on the Patreon, Brett and I told our story of how we met, how we almost weren't a couple. I'll put a link to our show notes. Not for everybody, but if you're like, oh, I love Friday's editions. I love hearing from your family. I love just like the personal dialogue. And I like just, you know, having a voice keep me company while I'm folding laundry or doing whatever work. Then you might like the Patreon. We are staying in La Jolla, California. We checked into a little hotel after just finishing an event in San Diego. I spoke at a social media conference. I only spoke one day, right? Yeah, yeah, two... Spoke one day, but you had two... Well, three, kind of. Three. You had an interview and a panel and then a, a session with Brock. Mm-hmm. And I love doing the session with Brock. But, y'all, I am an outgoing introvert. I need to do another episode soon on introvert versus extrovert, but I call myself an outgoing introvert. I'm happy and I'm, I'm comfortable being the center of attention. I don't need to be the center of attention. I'm never going to be the person who like has to be the center of attention. But if you need someone to take control of the room, I'm happy to do it. 
I'm happy to speak to people. I'm comfortable speaking to strangers. I know what I am. What? I'm an extrovert that only can deal with people that I like. If I'm around people I don't like or I'm not into it, then I'm like, I'm out. Hmm. But I can be around people. Well, you, you like to always be. You don't like to be by yourself. Yeah, I don't like to necessarily be by myself for too long. But if my choices are be by myself or be around a bunch of people that I, I'm not like into, then I'd rather be by myself. Hmm. I would almost always rather be by myself. Not always, but like I would say the majority of the time. Like, could you take, if someone said, listen, you've got to stay in your house for two weeks and you're not going to see anyone, how would you feel about that? I don't think that's healthy. I don't think humans are supposed to be away from other people and like communication and and socialization and stuff. So how would that feel? It would feel like, it wouldn't feel fun. I'd I'd probably get a little down. I would love it so much. I'd be in hog heaven. I would be in my robe all day. I would be playing music. I would not get dressed. I would organize stupid drawers. I would put on my makeup for hours. I would watch stupid TV shows. I would go down rabbit holes and I would forget to eat. It is like, that sounds like my dream come true, to be honest. Yeah. You'd be texting me after two days. When are you going to come home? I'm starving. That's true. I wouldn't know what to eat. <laughs> but I'm definitely a outgoing introvert. So being at an event... Okay, so here's the other thing. Making small talk makes me feel like someone is sticking a giant syringe in my brain and sucking my brain out. Your fluid out? Yes. And I realized here's what it is. When someone's making small talk with me, I'm kind of ignoring their small talk And my brain starts trying to figure out who they are, how they grew up, what they're feeling like. And maybe it's an empath thing, but like I just ignore the small talk that they're making and I don't connect with it. And I just start feeling whatever they're feeling. And then I start feeling very drained after a while. Does any of this resonate with you? Not at all. No, not at all. Not at all. No, I think I just kind of like. I shut down the conversation a little bit and kind of walk away. (laughs) Well, at least you're honest. Yeah. I don't have time for it. (laughs) Is that what it is? Yeah. I'm not into, I don't need a bunch of You're a little bit of a, like. Especially at those events. They're, they bug me. We've done podcasts about it, so. I know. We've done a couple of patrons about it. But anyways, so after an event like that, because there's so much small talk. I mean, you meet literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. You meet. Like, you know, I probably met, I don't know, 300 people at this event. Sometimes you'll go to an event and you'll meet a 1,000 people. And you know what will happen? Can I just tell you something to never say to someone who is like a speaker or goes to things like that? Never walk up to them two years later. You met them once and now you listen to their podcast over and over and over again or whatever. So you know them and I know this and I'm not because I've done this myself. Like I've told you guys the story before. Susie Orman. I used to listen to every single one of her podcasts. I watch her TV show. I met her once. If I meet her again, I'm not going to say, do you remember me? Because that makes her feel like an ass. Why would she remember me? And two people did that to me this last week and they walked up to me and they didn't let it go. They just stood there and they're like, do you remember meeting me? I'm like, um, let me think. And I'm just like trying to give them the opportunity to let me off the hook. And they just won't. They're like, you don't remember? 
know. You don't remember? I'm like, oh, um, shoot, let me think. Uh, you look familiar. What's and they're like, through their mind. Like, I don't what know. Kind of person does that? I don't know. It's so rude. It's like, like I, you- if I've met somebody three or four times and I know they know who I am, I still don't assume. Well, then, because you don't know that they know. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, so especially don't make, if they have ADHD, don't make they might com- forget. Don't make the conversation awkward before it starts. Tweet that. Don't make the conversation awkward before it starts. Literally, two people did that to me. They just stood there staring at me like, you don't remember, do you? You don't remember. I'm like, well, I'm going to remember this because it's super rude. I Some girl came up to me and she's like, you... Two years ago, we were here, and I had you hold my camera and take a picture of my wife. And I go, okay, well, I don't remember who you are. You're very unforgettable. You did not say that, Not Brett. to her, but in my brain, that's what I'm saying. Okay, but you didn't say that. You wouldn't be rude like I that. I would never be rude like that, but that's what's going on in my brain. I know. It's just not nice. It's not nice. What's not nice? When people are like that, when they say that to you, I... And I, I get it. Like I said, when I met Susie Orman, it's the only person I can think of. Because when I approached her, I, in my head, my brain was like... Well, I definitely know who she is, and she's looking at me, and she probably knows who I am, but obviously she doesn't. You know what I mean? Anyways, so all of that is to say that I love those kinds of events. I, I love meeting people. I love connecting with them. I really do enjoy all that. The small talk is a little uncomfortable for me, but the second I'm done, it is like I go into zombie mode, don't I? Oh, yeah. As soon as we get in the car, you are gone. I'm just like staring off into space and I just need to like, I kind of can't work the next day. You need to, you need like a nice glass of sparkling water. Your go-to is like a charcuterie board or something like that. Just, you like to pick at things and stuff like that. So we just Mm -hmm. get a little food because you can't eat. No, you can't eat. It's just like four hours of not eating, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, so. I mean, I know I'm sounding very ungrateful, but I'm not. I'm just being honest. I mean, I could pretend I do love doing events. I'm just saying that once it's done, I'm like, shoot me. Like, I need to just decompress. So that's what we did today. Brock didn't, though. Brock jumped on a plane and flew to Arizona to present at another conference. Yeah. Smaller one, but still. He freaking loves it. That kid's an extrovert. <laughs> I don't know what he is, but he, he loves it. Sierra's more like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just won't. <laughs> she just never. Yeah, she's gonna. She's going to. She's gonna create a product, and she's gonna make the product, you know, be on billboards, and then she's gonna sell it, and then she's gonna do what she wants to do. Yeah, they're just different. You can't make any of your kids be what you want them to be. You've got to let them be who they're gonna be. But you seem kind of like uptight. Usually, you're like pretty. I don't know, chill when we do events like that. But you, you seem kind of uptight. I don't like that event. Oh. Um, well, boy, now we know. And we won't be doing it. <laughs> was it also because you had to... That's, what, that's another thing that over 27 years, we're, we've come to the thing like, we just don't do things that we just don't want to do anymore. Yeah. And I, now I know you really don't like that event, so I, we won't do it. And that's, you know, one of the ways that you compromise in a marriage. The reason why we've been married for 27 years is you learn to give and take and you learn to pay attention to sometimes your spouse isn't going to tell you what they don't like, but you can pick up on it. Also, yesterday, physically, I wasn't all there. Oh, how come? Because we did that long walk oh. and then we were standing and stuff like that. My feet were not hurting, just air bothering me. Like it, yeah. they were like because of the neuropathy that I have, my feet are like they're in casts all the time. So we did over six. 15,000 steps yesterday in 
and I was in Cass. Two of them. Well, I was in very uncomfortable heels. It's kind of almost... No, you were in tennis shoes for a lot of that walk. Okay. And then today you presented. Yes. Did, was that on your mind at all? No, no, no. That's okay. easy. So Brett has just... And I know after listening to last Friday's episode, you guys were like, wait, when is Brett going to create his course? He's created it. It's not for sale yet, is it? No, not till. Probably, I'd say mid-April. The, the team's saying early April, but I know well, it'll be mid-April. And who is it not for? It's not for somebody that's already business investing savvy or somebody that's like, you know, doesn't have any debt. And like maybe they did something like Dave Ramsey's course and they learned how to get out of debt and that, that's the way they want to do it. And, you know, they have no credit card debt and they invest money and they have a retirement Whatever. It's not for you. you they're, they're okay. They're, you're, you're fine. You're not going to learn anything here. I mean, I mean you, you might get reinforced. So if you want to do it just to get a different person's perspectives, that's fine. But you're not going to learn much. You're going to learn the way we've done it, which is different than other people. But Then who, who is it for? You, who did you have it, in mind for, when you were, were recording it? Who did you have in mind? Dr. Sarno. Oh, yeah, I just thought about her because she's like a there. A couple now. of my girlfriends. Yeah, a couple of your girlfriends before. Like, I this is what I've done for a few of your girlfriends, mm-hmm. and I've done. I've gone through a divorce. Gone and through then a divorce. suddenly they were like in charge of their money. Yep, and I've done it for a couple of and a lot of college kids. Brock's friends, uh, <laughs> Drew the Valentine. So I've done it for a bunch of people that are just starting out and they have no clue. And so, what do you cover? First, like how to get out of debt. Mm-hmm. Some the advantages of using like cashback credit cards versus like your debit card. Mm-hmm. How to figure out like am I spending too much money, wasting money? A where, budget. A budget. How you know? How can I start to figure out like just different ways to save? To look at your statements and look at your what you're spending every year and figure out what to save. And then a little bit of mindset because I I have a feeling that most people because I when I read people's DMs. I kind of think about like investing and diets because what does that mean? like people, people know that they're supposed to eat healthy yeah. and people supposed know that they're supposed to invest money and save money, but it's hard for people. Mm. It's, it, it's hard to take the first step and, and, and be consistent. And that's all a good, healthy diet investing is they're similar you just have to be consistent it doesn't mean you have to be like perfect perfect at every every time and you know because nobody's ever going to be perfect and to give yourself a little bit of grace and you know people get so emotional on you know about weight and people get so emotional about money that's the number one reason why people divorce is what money Money. Yeah, yeah money I thought you were going to mean because of weight. <laughs> I don't know what that number is, but <laughs> but yeah, and I think and when you enter in another person, you know, a spouse or whatever, you know, their money mindset might be different. So I did talk a little bit about money mindset, and then I did a lot of talking about starting out investing, like just getting started and where you should start and make it simple and and like when you say where you should start, what do you mean? Like even what apps to use? What apps to use? Like how to educate yourself? Yeah, how to educate. We actually you go over terminology. A little bit of terminology, but we we're literally giving them like three places where they can go mm-hmm. and sign up and start, like in mm. kind of walking them through that process. Like it literally, once you pick a platform, it's as easy as 
just linking your bank account, transferring money in like three little clicks and you're investing. Yeah. And, and, and also talking to them about, you know, how, how much you should invest. Mm. And, you know, I'm not a financial advisor. And then yeah. I also talked to them about when you should get a financial advisor mm. and what are the pros and cons of a financial advisor. It's going to be a good course. I mean, it is, it's done. We just, it's not available yet. But does it feel good to have it done? Yeah, because I know who it will help. Yeah. And if the right people listen to it, and I mean, the, the girl that works for us, Erin, uh-huh. she hasn't started her investing career and she doesn't have like a, oh, I did talk about retirement too, because those mm-hmm. are separate, retirement and investing, they're separate, they, they're, they're, they're similar, but very separate. And she went through the course and was doing every lesson that I was saying and she just, and through the lessons that I was like trying to figure out, you know, where if you guys can save some money, she saved two hundred and fifty dollars just by going through her bank statements. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, and she opened up her account um, and started to invest in the things that I, you know, said that I would start Sorry. and look at. And mm-hmm. you, you know, and you, and if you're a researcher, it's it's for you too because I'm not just telling you what to do. I'm, I wouldn't do that. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm giving you places to go research and, mm. and things and you know in the in the mindset yeah in the mindset's a big big lesson because I, I just want them to figure out like where they are like what makes them feel good about money yeah. and investing yeah because it's kind of different for everybody so I want to kind of circle it back if we can because people often ask us what pieces of advice we have for couples who are struggling mm-hmm. do you have some advice? Or why do you think that we've made it, not just made it, why do you think we are better today than we were, say, I don't know, 15 years ago? I think because we never, like, settled, and you were the catalyst for pushing our relationship to get, like, deeper and, you know, a really huge turning point with with me with therapy, and then even more so with when you throw in therapy plus even going to church together and stuff like that. I, I just think you pushed the envelope on just growing outside the box more. And I think, I think one person in the relationship has to be willing to like push a little bit more to get outside the box. And if the other one's willing, I think the growth is, I think the growth can be. Well, thank you for that. You know, it can be, it can be huge. I think the other person's got to be willing to do it though. I was going to ask you when you say I pushed, I appreciate you saying that I was kind of the catalyst for that. But I was also always aware that if it were, if it felt like pushing, that you would resist it. I use the word push just because it's in our vocabulary with like push journals and push goals and stuff like that. So can you describe something where you knew, you could sense that it was something I thought we should try, but I didn't, and, and you wanted to, but like how I did Something that you were- well, like therapy for sure, you know, you because you didn't just say you should go to therapy, like you, like meaning like you're screwed up, you should yeah. go fix yourself, and you used like the not you didn't use them, you you suggested that just imagine what a better feeling your children will have if like they didn't feel like you know when you walked in the door that you might they might be on eggshells and you didn't suggest that they were you knew that they were but you didn't like read me the riot act like the yeah. the kids are the kids don't feel comfortable around you the kids don't feel cuz the kids did feel safe they knew their dad wasn't you know going to hurt them or he was there to protect them but it was it, you knew that it could be better 
Yeah, I remember thinking that I had to appeal to your younger version of yourself. Like I, I remember you telling me that you kind of hated feeling that way when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I just asked you, if you hated that, would you want your kids to feel yeah. that? And and it was kind of the same thing, and, and, and that spoke to you. So I think part of it is knowing your partner well enough to know what's going to make them feel good versus what's going to make them feel attacked. Mm-hmm. So I would say that that's... You know, kind of like one partner is typically, I mean, every couple we know, that's the case. I mean, do you know any couples where it's like so equal in terms of like one person wants growth and one person is more, a little more comfortable? No, I think that's probably just one level to the opposites attract, you know, that... If could you imagine? Well, first of all, if two people are so unmotivated to do anything, yeah. that's not going to work. No, and get the other one doesn't work either. The one that they're so highly motivated that there's it's like it's on top of each other, like to outperform or outdo or out. You know, it's just like can't just be. You just can't be like so. It's very phony. You, you know, I mean, a couple comes to mind right off the bat, and they didn't make it. So hmm. I don't even know who you're thinking of. Mouth the words to me. Oh, <laughs> that's a famous couple, but we don't know them, so we won't say their names. I would also say this when I think about what it takes is you have to set your freaking ego aside. If you need to be right, if you have to be right, if you need to make the other person wrong, and or if you are feel like you're a victim, mm-hmm. that relationship will not survive. Correct. I agree. Yeah, you can't make the other person feel lesser. Mm-hmm. Even if you know the road that needs to be taken is the one that you're suggesting. You can't make the other person feel that they are lesser or, it's their fault. or belittle them until they take that path. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be done with love. And when it's done with like love and respect. And humility. That, yeah, and then it's taken the right way. If you don't do it that way, that's when resentment starts. And I think to be more specific, you know, to do it with love and humility means you have to own your freaking part. I don't care how perfect you think you are in the relationship and it's all them. If you lead by saying, here's what you need to do, here's, you know, what you're doing wrong, you will never get a person in the right state of mind to make change. In order for someone to to want to be better, they have to feel loved, they have to feel appreciated, and they have to feel understood and heard. And you don't feel understood and heard if somebody doesn't apologize, if someone doesn't own their own part, or if when they do apologize, they say, but you made me do this, but it's because you do blah, blah, blah. That's not an apology. And you also have to like, you have to pick your battles. Yeah. We were talking about this at lunch today, just about, <laughs> you were asking me about ADHD. Like, what is, how is it be married to somebody with ADHD? Like, you get that question a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and at the beginning, before, like, I even knew what ADHD was. You just thought it was my personality. Yeah, it was just your personality. And, you know, I mean, 
I just figured like you were a little bit forgetful, you know, and you you know you were always a little bit to a lot late. <laughs> so I just and your family was like that. So I was just like, okay, maybe this way she like grew up. And then you know, I mean, I just you just learn to like live with it, and you know, and Did you say learn to take the good with the bad. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of your ADHD is funny. It mm-hmm. makes me laugh and is humorous and, and is is great like storytelling and just like, are you kidding me? You you did that again? And you know, or when I <laughs> Do you it, know what happened today when I took a shower? <laughs> I didn't even tell you this. No. <laughs> oh my God. We're so we're staying in this hotel and we worked out, right? And I forgot okay, here's another ADHD thing. I forgot to pack two workout outfits. I brought one. Oh, so is that why it's sitting out in the sun? Yes. I wondered why. Why is your workout outfit okay, sitting in the sun? So so then I was like, oh, I know. I'll just wash it in the sink so I can wear it tomorrow and I'll dry it. So I filled up the sink, put this little stopper in, scrubbed all the clothes with some shampoo, scrubbed yeah. them real good. Yeah. And I was going to let it soak, but I forgot to turn off the water. Oh, no. And then I took a shower. So the water started overflowing. And then I got dressed. And I'm like, did I forget to turn off the shower? Because I could hear water like splashing. And I'm like, is that why I... that towel is so wet in there? Hang on. And so then I was like, I hear water splashing. And I kept looking in the shower going like, I don't, I didn't leave the shower on. I kept looking up going, where's the sound of water coming from? And then I almost slipped on the floor and I realized the whole floor of the bathroom was flooded. You know. What? That, the, the marble, because we, we, we were only going to stay one night and we now we're staying two. So they didn't have the room for us. So we switched rooms. So both rooms at this hotel the, the the marble or whatever it is, I'm assuming it's marble, in the bathrooms are so slippery. I know. I mean, like. I think that's how Bob Saget died, you know? Yeah, Do you know that? Yeah, he slipped and fell and then and said, okay, I'm all right, and went to sleep and never woke up. I mean, I don't know if it was in the bathroom, but I can yeah, but see that what, happening. That's what they think. Yeah. Maybe he was washing his yoga tights out in the sink. Yeah, maybe. So what were we talking about? Oh, so we were talking about. So I flooded the, bath- the whole bathroom. Yeah. And then. And then I took all the towels and I cleaned up the whole bathroom. I cleaned up the crime scene. And then I hung my clothes out to dry. Yeah, you know, but just little things that make me laugh. Like when I come down, like when I come home at one o'clock in the afternoon and like I'm going to heat some whatever up in the microwave. I open the microwave and there's your coffee cup. Mm -hmm. Like little stuff like that makes me laugh, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) And Or how many times per week I unthaw everything in the Oh, you do the crazy ice, stuff. Oh, yeah. Ice. You can never shut the ice machine, so then the whole refrigerator unthaws. Is mm-hmm. that the word, un- unthaw? Yeah, thaws out. Thaws out, whatever. And, you know, so that, but, you know, I mean, there are certain things that, you know, that you're ADHD. Like, I, I literally have to count to 10 because some of them annoy me. Like what? Give me one. Oh, well, like, you've now said, when I say, yeah, uh, we have MIA in April, you're like, <laughs> live? Live? And I'm like, no. We have MIA launch in April. And I've told you that five times this week alone. Uh-huh. And I don't know that it's that hard. I think you just really want MIA live again. I think you really want your own live do, event yes, again. So, yes. you, so your brain's like, is it live? Like it's, it's like. I could tell because I said that today. You said, because then we have MIA in April. And I go, live? And you go, no, Shalene. We're opening it up to new students in April. Our live event is, let me get it right. October. Yeah, but I've already told you that like six times. I'm going to remember now. And we and we flew the whole team to Vegas and talked about it. I'm going to remember now. Okay, I swear. 
So, so it's little things like that. But, that, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Can we talk about some things that maybe you do like about my ADHD? I just told you. Well, they're fun. They're- Besides me being the butt of everyone's joke. Wait, uh- how about, like, it's... How about that I am passionate, so crazy passionate about things? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's fun? Yeah, because you get so into, like, like when you're focused, yeah. when I can get you focused. Look the F out. Oh, yes. Look and that's in out. every subject, whether it's work, whether it's, like, getting the house organized, whether it's, like, hyper-focused on, like, getting my dad into the right situation, you know, like, the right house. Like, you go hyper-focused and, like, in bed. Oh, whatever, Brett Johnson. Come on. What, making the bed? Oh, making the bed. Okay, yeah. You With the pillows mm-hmm. and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> good, good spin there. Yeah, like you let you get me on a topic and, there, I'm, yeah. and, and I'm interested in it. I will become an expert by morning. Yep. And I won't drop it. I'm like a dog with a bone. Yep. And I get very excited and passionate about things. <clears throat> okay, so let's think about some other reasons why you think our marriage hasn't just survived it's thrived like what else has made it better well i think you have you have to think the other person is the most like the most awesome person in the world both ways like i think you're the most awesome person ever so i think you're prettier now than you ever were so you have to compliment and they have to be like True compliments, not just like, yeah. oh, you know, say you look nice because you're going out to dinner. Like, like I, I'm sure you've probably noticed this, but like, if I come downstairs when we're going out to dinner out on a date night, mm-hmm. if you don't say something about my outfit, I'll go, I'll give it like ten seconds, and I'll just go back upstairs and change because I know if you actually like the outfit, your face says it, and then you're going to be like, oh wow, that's hot, or you look great. But if you just like look up and you have a conversation with me. I'll be like discreet about it, but I'll just go back upstairs and change because I'm like, well, he doesn't like this outfit. Yeah, I know. And the and the other thing too is when we get ready to go out, you always like me to get ready first, get out of the bathroom, so then you can get have the whole bathroom to yourself to get ready. Yeah, it's a magic show. Yeah, I don't need you to see the in between. I don't need you to see the before. I don't need you to see the the smoke and mirrors <laughs> and all my tricks and tapes and and lotions and potions and and all. I don't need you to see my methodology. The magician never shows the crowd the fact that there's a trap door. Yep. I don't need you to know there's a trap door. Okay. And so I like to come downstairs and go, ta-da! Yep, I like it. I like, like it a it? lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that that's important that you have to, like the compliments have to be real. And they just don't, not, not just looks, but just like, you know, there's so many times where you, and the greatest word that you can use, in my opinion, me or anyone? Anybody. Okay. Is to use the word appreciation. Like, I appreciate you. Mm. Like, I appreciate that you do this for the family. Or I mm-hmm. appreciate you do this for me. Mm-hmm. Or I can't even believe how hard that is, but it's so appreciative. Like, when you say the word, like, I appreciate you or something like that, it, that thing, that word goes so far. Yeah. Yeah. What do you... Are you interviewing me? I guess no. You can. You know what? You should ask me some questions. No, but you should be. You, you should be asking me some questions. The, you wrote down. I didn't. I just didn't write down any questions. I okay. just wrote a few things that we were going to talk about. How about you ask me a question? You never asked me a question. Well, I'm on the spot. Then I wasn't supposed to be asked questions. I thought you wrote down a series of questions. We can we pause. No, there's no questions here. I want you to come up with a question for me for the first time in your life, and the first time in our 32 years, you come up with a question for me. I would say, how do you think? your workload 
like your admitted addiction to working and having ADHD, uh-huh. right, has like morphed into like where you're at now. Like, what do you think like the key, mm-hmm. what, what are the key steps to taking your workaholic that you went to therapy for, mm-hmm. your ADHD, mm-hmm. and knowing that your word is peace, mm-hmm. And taking all of that to get to the point where you're at now, where you feel like there is an amazing balance. And oh, that- that's a good question. I can answer that. So my addiction to work and ADHD were kind of a deadly combination because I could obsess about work. Mm-hmm. And the difference between where, we, where I was with that and where I am today is that now I still can obsess on things because it feels good for my brain. So if anyone has ADHD, you understand what I mean. Like it literally feels soothing to obsess about something. And I don't mean like worry, but I mean like go deep and research it and understand it and want to know every single part of it. And you just can't get enough of it. And you want to listen to another podcast about it, read another book and, and Google about it and do research. The difference is I still give myself permission to do that, but on like random things or things that don't have a pending deadline or a dollar amount attached to it. So now I can do that and it's not attached to a dollar amount because it used to be the amount of money I could make for other people or that we could make Mm -hmm. impacted how I valued myself. And, you know, obviously after doing therapy, I don't feel that way anymore, but yet I still get great joy and satisfaction out of going in deep and knowing everything I can about something like, you know, for example, like patients' rights. Mm. This week we did episodes on maternal mortality and fertility fraud and preparing for those two episodes, there's no money attached to that, right? There's no no deadline, work deadline for that, but like it still felt really good to learn everything that I could about that and to know that I was making a difference. Can you sense because of going through therapy and stuff, can you feel, even know when it's not like I'm not doing this to make other people money so it doesn't have a dollar amount attached to it? Can you feel like when it's getting too much? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm tr- yeah, I'm trying to think of a situation. I know when it was. Okay. Like when, like with the child, oh, not the, not that. When you start going down too much on doctors' stuff, and you start researching and researching, researching, and then you find out there's like 43 states that are, are insanely sick when it comes to doctors' rights, and you, then you go down that go research, and you go too far, and then you start thinking about all the people yeah. that are in the lawsuit, and then you start thinking about like how it affected you, and then it's yeah. like, then, like then I can't shut it off. Yeah, then you can't shut Then it's a little bit of a yeah. spiral, and, you, and then you come out of your the podcast room, and you really are like, you're like, I got a headache. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know when I've gone too far. I mean, but the difference is when I used to go too far because it was something related to our business, I was screwed because it's like, I can't get out of this now because we have this book that's due or we've got yeah. this event that's coming up. There was or a, dead, the, the there's deadline. always a deadline and there were always other people I had to answer to and other companies and partnerships. But you know also, but that's true, but at least you know now that you, you, you know that feeling when it's too much and you're like, okay, I got to take a break. I, I, even if it's not a deadline, you still have to take a break because if you keep going, you, that's not healthy either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because it feels, I, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit like addiction where it almost feels soothing, but you also know you need to stop. Mm-hmm. 
I'd have to ask you that because you've had, I don't know if soothing the right word, like when you were gambling, was a part of that soothing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a certain part of it was was soothing. So I would say like when I'm researching something, it almost, I don't know, soothing, numbing. It's Did, like, n- it's numbing would probably numbing, be the like right. You just start getting like the really, right therapy like you're on, an, I'm, I'm on like another planet. Yeah. Like I don't hear sounds. I don't when I'm researching something and I'm all in. Man, I just I forget to eat. I forget to get up. I forget what time. I have no sense of time. Yeah. It wasn't like that. I mean, I still. I guess because you have to. Because it, it's my addiction was around also a secret. Like it's not a secret if you're doing what you're doing, like research. Mm-hmm. But I had to be aware of my surroundings. Ah. Like what? People. Like, I'm just not going to, like, if I needed a place to bed, I'm not going to just, like, in the middle of the room, you know, like, get my phone. Hey, give me the, the, you know, everybody's like, you know, everything had to be, like, a little bit more calculated and a little bit more strategic. And you had to be aware of your surroundings and, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. you know. Full-time job. Yeah. Did it feel like that? At night. Why at night? Well, that's when most of the gambling was. Because of games? Yeah. Well, that's when the games were, but like, and then, you know. So what was a tactic or a little thing that you would do? Like you always just did? Would just leave, I would just leave the room. And go where? To a different room. Like upstairs? Or, or more times than not, everything would be placed would before I came home. So before like I walked in the front door. Or an errand or something? Or coming home from work or coming home from the gym, wherever. Just, you know, I'm in my car by myself, park, you know, on the way home, boom, done. Then I'm done. Like, I don't have to make... Because there wasn't a lot of texting with that? No, uh-uh. Texting wasn't... It's probably a, different now. Yeah, maybe it's... Well, now they're, it's all apps. apps. Yeah. Do you think more people are addicted to gambling now because of apps? Probably they make it so simple. Here's the difference is that with the apps, the money has to be in the account. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's the biggest difference. Yeah. So you can't like... That's why there still will always be bookies. Ah. Because bookies is basically credit. You're on credit. Yeah. You know. Sopranos. Yeah. Can you think of some other advice you would like to give if like our kids were listening on how to make a marriage last endure and be able to thrive i personally think it's really important that we do things together yeah you develop habits together hobbies together hobbies together yeah and one party's always going to be like more into the hobby than the other one but like if you both enjoy it like there's some things that like only i like you're not going to get into roller skating no but and i'm not going to ask you to but like we've we have literally snowboarded for like the last 16 17 years together and we're not going to probably go this year Right. And, and, and we both really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Like there's that, that's one of those things. So that's, that's one thing that we know that we both like. Fitness together. from day one. Like yes. the first week we started dating, we've always worked out together and we do it together. Mm-hmm. Not huh. every day, but like at least twice a week, at least twice, usually three, four times a week we it's work out together. It's just fun to go. It's just, you know, I, both of our kids look like they're going to be both sides are going to be entrepreneurs and kind of work for themselves. And it's just important that, you know, you do things together because you're going to be working during the day. And it's just, it's just nice to work, you know, do something together a lot. Mm-hmm. 
and always include the other person and make the other person feel like you, that they are the center of your universe. I would also say that always reminding yourself, no matter how frustrated you are with your partner, that you are on the same team. Yeah. And you also need to be each other's biggest supporter. Mm -hmm. So even though, like, let's say you're having a rift with a family member and I can see both sides, it's important for me to help you know, like, I 100% have your back. Mm -hmm. But also, ultimately, I want you to be happy. And so that family member might, like, drive me crazy, but I want us to look at big picture and I'll put my own feelings aside. If I think it's in the long run, it's healthier for us to just like, you know, have a relationship, but maybe with boundaries, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think it's important to, that your partner always feels really supported and that you're, you know, don't be a jerk about their family. It's their family, like love and support their family. Would you say that's true? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, like you always treated my parents like a million bucks. Yeah, because it's and I love that because it's your parents and like you know and they're great and and when you when you look past the little teeny things that you know every single person out there has you know mm-hmm. there's there's nobody there's nobody perfect right. right and then when you look past that you just look that they love you. Just as much, you know, they, once you come into their life, most of them, they love you to death. They'll do anything for you. And yes, they can be a little bit <laughs> annoying. And I'm not talking about, you know, anybody in particular, but I just know. In-laws can be. In-laws yeah. can be a little bit annoying because they, you didn't grow up with them. So you don't know yeah. all the quirks. But the best thing about it is when you total up the amount of hours you have to spend with them in your entire life, mm-hmm. it's a pimple on an elephant's butt, right? Ew. Okay, maybe okay. that's not the right thing, but you, they yeah. get the analogy. Yeah, it's tiny. it's, it's tiny, tiny, tiny. Uh huh. You, you know, so I mean, it's like so when you're in their presence, like make them feel good. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, make them feel like oh, they, they're respected and they're you know because that's so. Just, I, I think when you go out of your way for my parents, mm-hmm. that feels like you're doing something kind for me, not necessarily kind for yeah. them. Oh, I see. Like, I'm sure you felt that way. Oh, for sure with my dad, yeah. Oh, I love when you... And you guys have such a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Bob's the best. <laughs> but I didn't always feel that way. We used to no. really butt heads. Yeah, because you were the... He was the... He, <laughs> trust me, with your ADHD, he and not having it. No, but it wasn't even that. We're both very... Like, I am not intimidated by men, and I never have. If, if anything, if I can tell like a man's trying to intimidate me, I will like rooster up. And you're dead. Why are you looking at me no, like I'm that? Like, I, I know. You do? Yeah. Why? You- I don't know if you roostered up on my dad. I for sure did. There were times. There was a couple of times. Where I would, your dad would try to put me in my spot and I was like, oh no, you don't. No. But, but that was a couple of times, but for the 99% other time, my dad was like... He never, he was after like, that, it was, he tried like twice. He treated you like his little daughter. That's right. But yeah. there were like two times that specifically, I remember he said things and I was like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> and then, you know, and I think he was surprised yeah. and I had his respect after that. Oh, yeah. No, and then, for sure. And then we had an understanding. He's, he was always, even though he liked... He was calling the shots. 
Like he he was the main person. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk in a room and you everybody knows where Bob's at. Literally. And but I think as our marriage and we got grandkids and stuff like that. I mean, he was he took a totally different like on a totally different chill. chill, but he took a different like personality on almost. Hmm. Like I noticed it like I noticed it. You would notice it more because who and I think this is probably true for a lot of people. Like y'all, you s- y'all, y'all played for my dad. Anybody that played for my dad from like 2005 yeah. to 2018 when we retired, they didn't get the real Bob. They got they got Grandpa Bob. They got soft Bob. They got they got soft Grandpa Bob. Mm. That could see. Be- I think my dad's always been the same. I never. I mean, who he is with my grand with the grandkids is exactly who he well, I can was. See, I can see that with me. But I think your dad and kind of like my uncle Ron mm-hmm. were both like hard nosed, scary, intimidating dudes. And then suddenly when they had grandkids, they went soft. Yeah, 100%. And I bet a lot of you can relate to that. And what do you think that is? Is it like a realization, like life is short? I guess. Just like, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. It would be great to ask him, but we can't ask him. I know. But in terms of an update, Bob's doing well. He found his ring. Yeah, he lost his, he has this big CIF championship, big ring that he wears. And the last time I saw him last Sunday, he, he didn't have it on. Let's and he, take it off. he kept trying to tell me something was missing, but he couldn't figure out what to tell me was missing. And he's like, it's bad. Oh, it's real bad. And he's like, yeah, it's just gone. He would like point at his shoes or he would like point at his shirt. And, and I was like, huh? And then finally someone said, yeah, Bob hasn't been able to find his ring, but they found it. Yep, they found it. And he's doing well. We've figured out, Brett and I figured out that he kind of does better when I go see him by myself or you go see him by yourself, yeah. right? I think it's better when we go solo. Yeah. I mean, we'll still see him together too, but it's kind of nice because then it... Breaks I don't know. it up. Yeah, it breaks up and it's a different experience. Like I, I, I really like driving around the car with Bob and having conversations with him and he makes me laugh. And we got a little food spot that we got to go to now. The two of you. We're regulars. Awesome. Well, we want to thank you guys for spending this time with us and for, you know, being a part of Patreon, those of you who are on Patreon and, and listening to the show and supporting our marriage and supporting our, our kids. And, you know, like I, I got to meet some, I will say this, whenever I do an event, if there's like someone who listens to the podcast that's at the event, you guys always save me. Cause you're like, Shaleen, Hey, I listen to the podcast. I'm like, oh, girl, hey. You know, so that's amazing. It's like running into an old friend. Yeah, we had that one We had that one gal yesterday that her mom's going yeah. through dementia too. Yeah. And she's been listening to the podcast and she literally came up to me and started tearing up. She's like, your family's like, help me get through this. Yeah. So that's, 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 that means that a lot to thing. us. A lot. We appreciate you guys more than you'll know. So thanks for being here. We love you. We mean it. And we'll talk to you soon. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. The Shaleen Show is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. The Shaleen Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shaleen's other podcast, 
Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media, and marketing, and devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes. 